Welcome to your weekly podcast that brings you interviews, reviews, arts and entertainment news, all wrapped up in one place. You're listening to Art to Art with Amani Mo. Coming up in this episode... My big interview is with the son of two actors considered British acting royalty. Samuel West will have an art to art with me. I'm having, a, I mean, I think probably the happiest time of my professional life, or possibly of my life, actually. And actor Samuel West also talks about all creatures great and small. You'll hear part one shortly. Now, if you love your comedy, then stick around for Gen Z's stand-up act, Leo Reich. More recently, he's been doing shows in New York, and then he confessed to me his love of comedy started... Well, I'll let him explain. I became like a really obsessive comedy fan, and I'd go to comedy clubs the whole time, a lot of the time by myself, which in retrospect, so sad. <laughs> and you can hear more from Leo Reich later on. He'll be telling us all about his HBO debut solo show as theatres are probably enjoying their busiest time of the year with pantos. I'll be reviewing just a couple of theatre productions I've seen in recent weeks, and yes, they do have the festive feels. You're listening to Art to Art with Amani Mo. Next up, it's Slow Horses and All Creatures Great and Small actor Samuel West. As the son of British acting royalty, Prunella Scales and Timothy West, it's fair to say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I caught up with Samuel to chat about the latest wartime drama, All Creatures Great and Small, which is on its fourth series, and where he stars as the grumpy veterinarian, Siegfried. But we have actually met before. When did we meet? How kind of you to remember. When was it? <laughs> it was when you did the second series, I think. So it was a little right. while ago. And then yep. since then, I have spoken to your pal, Nicholas Ralph, as well, uh, for his first series. So that's quite... I feel like we're completing a circle of sorts here. <laughs> Very nice. Well, it's a very small circle because he lives about 200 yards away. <laughs> really? Mm. Maybe All I need... actors end up in Islington eventually. It's a rite of passage. <laughs> Mm, I'm obviously in the wrong place. I need to be. <laughs> I need to pop down. You'll, you'll come here eventually. <laughs> and then the circle really will be complete. Yeah. I'm afraid paperwork rather has the upper hand at the moment, as does everything else. You could use an extra pair of hands. Isn't it fabulous that it was a series that was rebooted and. There you are, Siegfried, a little bit grumpy, and the fourth series, just hilarious. It kicks off with quite a lot of drama, I want to say. Are you happy to be back for the fourth series? Tell us a little bit about the magic of this. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to do anything for four years, but to, but to re repeatedly be allowed to play a part that's layered and funny... Uh, and quite famous. I mean, if you tell people you're playing Siegfried Fahn and they go, oh my God, you'll never be as good as Robert Hardy. Uh, and, and of <laughs> course, I, I won't. But it, it has name recognition and, and as written, he's deep and layered and complex and contradictory, just like most people. Um, also, I don't get to be funny very often, and that's nice. Um, I'm with the most brilliant ensemble. And with a production company, Playground, who've looked after it incredibly well since the very first. So, yeah, I'm having, a, I mean, I think probably the happiest time of my professional life, or possibly of my life, actually. I, uh, I love that people like it enough for us to keep coming back, and I never really want to stop. The thing about the series, as you mentioned, it, it is ingrained in our British 
television history. And, you know, people will remember the original. I remember it very vaguely sort of growing up. But what do you think it is about this series, this story, these group of people that have been pulled together who are trying to help the animals but all have little kind of things of their own going on what what do you think it is about the stories um from all creatures great and small that resonates with people well i think your your phrase pulled together is really good we, you know we're a strange family and now that because tristan is away at war in season four none of us are actually related so we're quite a modern family in that yeah. respect and the other thing you said is that trying to help the animals i mean the first book is called if only they could talk yeah. and of course you know animals can't they, they 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 can suffer and they can feel and they can have things wrong with them but they can't tell you exactly what those things are so yeah. You have to try and be empathetic uh, in order to reduce suffering. And both of those things put a kind of decency at the heart of any story. I mean, I became a dad about uh, nine years ago. And then and then just before we started the first series, uh, a dad again. And I suddenly found I couldn't watch most of what, what was on television because it was about people shooting each other or doing terrible things to children. Um and I think on the whole, that's not what happens in life. We amplify and uh, exaggerate the terrible things sometimes for dramatic effect. But in All Creatures Great and Small, we do the opposite. We shrink down and concentrate on one family with a cow who might have a stillborn calf. And that turns out to be enough drama for the week. Mm. And if they say, what about the divorce? Then okay. often we say, no, that's next week, I think, or maybe next year. There's too much. We don't need that much drama. Let's just keep it slow and, and small, and, and, and that'll be enough for people. And on the whole, it has been, and we're right. It's only a placement, but we'll finally have a new assistant. Richard Carmody from London. He won't last. May I begin, Mr. Harriet? Go on, then. I thought that went rather well. Just in the first episode, uh, speaking about animals, you know, we see little lamb in breach, don't we? And you rush out Mm -hmm. to help them. And James is helping a dog uh, that's kind of suffering. And then you've got the... Yes, a dog with distemper. Who may die? I mean, most dogs with distemper do. Yeah. That's just a fact. The British are such animal lovers as well. But I know that... You know, with the cost of living crisis, there is really a crisis in rescues at the moment because I, yes. I work in a cat rescue once a week. Do you? I volunteer right. and I actually do have currently a little Alan, a street cat, a tot, a tomcat. That's the well, name Alan for a cat. That's sweet. <laughs> he is uh, the sweetest thing and he was part of a colony. So you can you imagine he was with hundreds of other cats in West London. They've, they've rescued him and they, they, you know, they're looking after him. He's got bad teeth, which most street cats do. But, you know, there's something about animals that bring you joy, even when they're not, you know, he's not a lap cat, but he'll come and say hello. And, you know, it's about a a mutual respect. And there's such a beauty and a simplicity in that. And that's what I really like about the series as well, is the fact that there's a real caring, there's a real community feeling, and there's a real love of these animals. Mm, no, true. I mean, uh, you're, you're absolutely right. I'm a, I'm a cat person myself. <laughs> uh, a, a dear friend of ours said to me and my partner recently, you're, you're metropolitan liberal asses, aren't you? And we said, uh, <laughs> yes, guilty as judged. And they said, so you, you, you have rescue cats? And we said, yes, we do. Of course we do. And they said, so your children never get to play with kittens, do they? Sadly not, we said. I've got two rescue kittens for you, she said. 
And I said, I, we really walked into that one, didn't we? So I've just moved one of them off my seat to sit and talk to you, and oh. which I've got, what, and I've got white cat hair all over my bum. Oh, um, but I didn't yes, know no, I couldn't agree more. And also, actually, the, the cost of living crisis has a, has an interesting, um, reflection in the fact that the f- series four is in 1940 in the, in the war. And the same thing happened that people were encouraged not to keep pets because uh, they were feeding animals was considered wasteful for the duration unless you were going to eat them. So a lot of cats and dogs got uh, abandoned and we're dealing with, with that in, in, in the same sort of way. And we actually see that, don't we, as well, with the little boy and his little greyhound. Oh, I think it's a greyhound or a whippet. It's a whippet um, yeah. yeah, and um, how he's feeding him the food and his rations effectively. And, and that's a really lovely thing. And I love the fact that you've got rescue cats. That's so sweet. <laughs> I'll be honest. Me all over. Yeah, I, I can. I, me and you. I love you even more than <laughs> I already. Was that. Coming. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see that coming, but I know that kittens are having worked at the rescue when there's quite a few of them. Kittens are quite a handful. <laughs> yes, and and grow up fast. But no, it, the, the children were delighted and oh. um, uh, and um, named them after places on the on the silly aisles where they'd just been, um, which was very nice because those two things came together very happily. It's brilliant to get a little bit of acting royalty on the show, isn't it? Samuel West there, and part two of that conversation will be coming up later on. You're listening to Art to Art with Amani Mo. Still to come in this episode. I'll be having a rather lively chat with stand-up comedian Leo Reich. <laughs> oh my God, you, you got inside my head. I am absolutely ready to quit. I'll be reviewing just a couple of theatre productions I've seen in recent weeks. But it's time now to squeeze in those book recommendations from Brighton author of The Cancer Ladies Running Club and Twas the Night Before Christmas, Josie Lloyd, giving you some last-minute Prezi ideas. Josie, welcome to Art to Art. Oh, it's lovely to be here. Hello, Amani. So I'm hoping, Josie, as an author, I know how good you are at this, you're going to bring us some winners that people are basically going to be like, wow, Josie Lloyd, she's the go-to gal. Okay, well, I'm going to give you my personal recommendations and what I'm buying for people. So the first one is a book I've bought for Emlyn for Christmas, and it's called Topographica Hibernica, which is a bit of a tongue twister, by Blind Boy Boat Club. Now, I don't know if you've heard of Blind Boy. He is Irish. He is really famous for singing in a band called The Rubber Bandits. He did a hilarious song called Horse Outside. If you have never seen that, look it up on YouTube. (laughs) Um, And he's famous for wearing a plastic bag on his head. But he is the most unbelievable personality and the reason he wears a plastic bag on his head by the way is because he's autistic and he doesn't like being recognized in public which is just as well because his podcast uh, the blind boy podcast is hugely successful oh, wow. and popular and it's a kind of ramble uh, that he takes of kind of things that have caught his interest he's got the funniest mind so it's side-splittingly funny and really wise and really interesting he interviews lots of people about the environment he does lots of stuff about Ireland. He does incredible short stories. He did one about um, 
the the lost art of living lifting heavy stones oh, and wow. all of the kind of folklore around that. Anyway, he has written a short story book which is phenomenal. So I would really recommend if you've got a man in your life. I think it really appeals to he really appeals to me. But I think this is a really good one for a man in your life. It's called Topographica Hibernica by Blind Boy Boat Club, and I know that Emlyn is going to absolutely love it. Oh, that's fantastic! And Emlyn is your husband, of course. We should point that he out. He is my husband, <laughs> and also a writer. Yes, and but also he's, a writer. So he's buy books for and we have a house groaning with books but we always love buying books for each other um the book that i've asked him for which i really want is a cookery book um Ooh. i always love a cookery book at christmas and this one is very special it's diana henry's roast figs sugar snow food to warm the soul oh. so this is a reissue of a classic of her book from 20 years ago but it's absolutely beautiful and she is the most incredible writer and she's really good at food at this time of year so yes. like fancy tartoufle and delicious soups like chestnut and, and jerusalem artichoke but it's all that really super comforting food as the nights draw in and this book is a it's absolutely stunning, but she's just the most wonderful food writer. I love a cookery book. Not that I necessarily make all the recipes, but that's definitely top of my list for Christmas. Wait, so hang on, Josie. Are you telling me you just want the cookbook so you can look at the pictures and hope that Emlyn or one of your daughters does one of the recipes for you? You got it. <laughs> That's exactly right. I kind of leave them open with the page turned down on the kitchen table going, ooh, that would be nice for supper. And then walk away and see if anybody takes things. You know what I'm imagining, right? I'm imagining like you've got one of those easels on the like the kitchen counter open at the page that you want. It's like, this is what I want. Can somebody just bake it for me, please? Yeah, you got it. Uh, so that's that. So that's my cookery book. That's on my list. Also on my list, which is, um, which is, I always get her books at Christmas is, uh, Lulu Taylor's latest. So Lulu Taylor always writes fabulous, gothic-y, cozy Christmas books. It's always, she usually does a double time frame. This one is set okay. now and in the war. It's called The Forgotten Tower by Lulu Taylor. And she's a brilliant writer. So it's all a bit spooky and, you know, somebody goes to a big country house or they've, this one, somebody's bought a, like a massive mansion in the country and now they start discovering the secret she finds, the woman finds a, like a recipe book and then secrets start to come out about the war and what happened. So she's always got, they're really comforting, they're very easy to read, but they're kind of, they've got a bit of class to them as well. So that's The Forgotten Tower by Lulu Taylor and that's out now. A bit like you, easy to read. Always <laughs> got something going on. Thank you very much. Listen, just give us those three titles again because I don't want anyone to miss out. Okay, so Topographica Hibernica by Blind Boy Boat Club, Diana Henry's Roast Figs, Sugar Snow, Food to Warm the Soul, and The Forgotten Tower by Lulu Taylor. Um, I'm also, just before we go, if you want to buy a book for a friend, um, do buy Tomorrow, Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zeffin, which is my favourite book of the year, which is um, all about the games industry. But that's a, And if you want a funny book for Christmas, um, I'm plugging my own wares here, but we, <laughs> Emily and I did a parody of The Night Before Christmas uh, called Twas the Fight Before Christmas, which was so much fun to write. And it's about a family and mum being absolutely paranoid because their internet shopping hasn't turned up. So it's really funny. So if you want a, a comedy book, then that's a really good choice. And can I just say, I have read that book and it's absolutely, it's so clever. You know, the way you structured it, it's absolutely brilliant. So 
go and find this book. It's amazing. As always, it's a pleasure. And I want you to come back. I'm hoping in the new year to bring us some more of your watch list favourites or the things that are on your to-do list, basically, or to watch list. And we'll see you in 2024. Well, listen, it's been lovely being on and I can't wait to see you in the new year. Lots of love. You're listening to Art to Art with Amani Mo, and you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. You've just heard from author Josie Lloyd. If you want to find out more about her, you can go to josielloyd.com. And although we've been referring to this segment as a last-minute gifting opportunity, they're not strictly festive, so you could, in theory, actually gift yourself a book in the new year. Just saying... You can contact me at Amani Mo, A-M-A-N-N-Y-M-O, on Instagram or X, formerly known as Twitter, or you can drop me a line at art2artuk at gmail.com. That's art, the number two, artuk at gmail.com. It is panto season here in the UK. But I am going to talk a little bit about theatre with you next. Have you seen any pantos yet? Well, I went to Richmond Theatre recently to watch Dick Whittington with an unrecognisable Have I Got News For You comedian Paul Merton as the Panto Dame. Literally, I didn't recognise him. It was absolutely hilarious. I loved the use as well of Dua Lipa's Barbie theme tune and Billie Eilish's song Bad Guy. Also, comedian Suki Webster really got the crowd going. There was a lot of booing and hissing and crowd participation. Most of that, to be fair, coming from me. <laughs> I almost lost my voice, actually, from really getting into it. But I really do love a Christmas panto, the naughty jokes and screaming back at the stage. Probably the only time, really, where it's encouraged at the theatre. I do love a panto. I have to say, a really fun experience watching Dick Whittington, and I couldn't recommend it enough. So if you fancy it, check out Dick Whittington. It's on at Richmond Theatre until Sunday, the 7th of January. If you want to find out more information, all you need to do is go to atgtickets.com. But if you're after something a little different to Panto, then perhaps quirky cabaret circus Le Clique, which is back in London's Leicester Square, may be for you. I was at the press night a few weeks back, and there's something in the show for everyone, including something a little bit naughty. I have to say, I was shocked. I was screaming and hiding behind my hands. I'm not going to say any more than that, because art to art is not about spoilers. But the highlights of Le Clique for me were the amazing aerial spectacular spectacular LJ Moles who was flying around perfectly posed with seven or eight inch stiletto heels up in the air literally I was in awe so so good the music was great the choreography was great and also I can't forget stunning singer Chastity Belt yes I really did say that who's the linchpin of the show like an MC if you will it's such a good night so for hoots and hoopla and quite literally hula it's open until the 6th of January and you can find out more about Le Click by heading online. It's just leclicktheshow.com. Le Click is spelt like the French way. L-A-C-L-I-Q-U-E theshow.com. You're listening to Art to Art with Amani Mo. 
And don't forget, if you want to share, because we care, then let me know. You can contact me at AmaniMo, A-M-A-N-N-Y-M-O, on Instagram or X, formerly known as Twitter. You can also get in touch via email, art2art at gmail.com. That's art, the number two, art2uk at gmail.com. Still to come in this episode, I'll be bringing you part two of my conversation with Samuel West. But for now, let's talk comedy. I like to start with some singing. No, we don't have time. Gen Z's stand-up act, Leo Wright's been garnering four and five-star reviews. Pretty impressive, actually. He even went to Edinburgh Fringe in the summer of 2023 and most recently has been doing shows in New York. So let's find out a little bit more about his brand-new solo debut show, Literally, Who Cares? Hey, Barney. Leo. Hi. Leo in the house. (laughs) I love that. What a welcome. (laughs) Well, look, your your energy is so up there. I love it. So I had to try and come to you matching that energy. (laughs) You're trying to match me. Good luck. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I was thinking. But hey, I think I tried. You did extremely well. In fact, I feel more hyped up now. It's perfect. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) I am happy. I know myself. I am not personally responsible for anything. What was it about comedy that made you think, yep, I want to do that? Because I know a few comedians and I know that it can be quite a hot slog. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... (laughs) Is it is it too basic to say I loved it because it's so funny? Um, I I think as a teenager I just really I became like a really obsessive comedy fan and I'd go to comedy clubs the whole time a lot of the time by myself which in retrospect so sad but at the time loved it um, and I think there's oh, there was just something so thrilling about watching someone get up on stage and the kind of tension in the room of like are they going to humiliate themselves right now? And half the time the answer is yes. <laughs> I think that is just like this really specific, beautiful thing to be a part of as an as an audience. And I was like, I I'd love to be the person humiliating themselves right now. Um, so yeah, that's that that was the that was the genesis of my love for comedy. Amazing. I just apologise about what I look like. Uh, I didn't have any time to change. I had to like run here straight from my dad's worst nightmare. Anything can happen right up there on stage. Mm-hmm. It's almost like jeopardy. There's a jeopardy to getting up there. Jeopardy is the perfect, perfect word. And <laughs> I, I guess it makes it all the more exciting and hilarious and fun when when it feels like the person on stage is really like articulating something you've always thought but never been able to to put the words to or talking about an experience that you really connect with or a point of view that you've never considered before that jeopardy uh, underlying all of those things just just uh, takes it to a new level i think for me yeah definitely are you going to be using that word in your interviews jeopardy yeah i'm I'm stealing that from you for sure and i I won't be crediting you at all okay amazing if anything i'm going to tell the next interview that i came up with that word from scratch yeah (laughs) do it do it i'm absolutely happy with that i'm 100 percent behind you great thank you now the show literally who cares you've been i I was just doing a bit of that stalkery thing (laughs) 
on your social media um, and <laughs> looking at where you've been, Great. what you've been up to. And obviously you, you were in Ed Fringe at the festival. You have been in New York doing some shows. You were even on Late Night Seth. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But also you've had some really good kind of support and accolades behind you. Five stars from The Guardian, four and five star reviews of your shows. Wow. Like Leo, you must be ready to just quit. <laughs> Oh my god! You you got inside my head. I am absolutely ready to quit. No, I. It's been a wildest little ride. I have to say, the past sort of year and a half since I did the show, I started doing the show, like you said, at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in a tiny little like bunker of a room to like sixty people. Obviously, Ed Fringe is middle of summer, boiling hot, sweat <laughs> dripping down my face. Half the people being like, "What the hell is this guy up to?" Um, and it's just sort of snowballed from there. Like you said, got re- I was really lucky to get really nice reviews at Edinburgh, and then did it at the Soho Theatre in London, and then that turned into a run um, off Broadway in New York for a month, and then Melbourne Comedy Festival for a month. It's just been like crazy, and and this uh, the special coming out is just like the, the <laughs> massive cherry on top of the most insane and. Um, uh, yeah, say weird, strange, uh, and surreal year of lovely things happening to me. <laughs> yeah, and and rightfully so. You know, um, you've worked hard. You're going to reap those rewards. Yes, you're from <laughs> the Gen Z generation. Oh well, who cares anyway? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love the fact that the New York Times described you as the avatar of Gen Z disaffection. I mean, just made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. It made me laugh too. Um, I guess the part of the part of the show is kind of parody the idea of of like that generations really exist at all or that you can sort of summarize the the experiences of a whole generation of people um into sort of one perspective or one set of experiences so then to it's funny to then in the reviews be sort of referred to like that is what i'm trying to do and like what i'm trying to do is is summarize the whole experience is always like a really jarring strange experience i'm like no no i'm i'm saying you can't do that you are so critical of young people at the moment young people are also desperate to play the victim and i take that extremely personally i came here to raise awareness i haven't decided The show itself, the comedy show that we're going to see on Sky, it's got a lot of energy. We started with energy, Leo, so let's carry on. But (laughs) like the show itself, you know, there's you in your shorts dancing around, kind of bouncing Mm -hmm. about the place. You're singing as well. (laughs) I think there's a lot in the show. So what can we expect if we come to it? Well, I mean, like you said, really high energy. I hope, hopefully also... The way we filmed it is to try and make it kind of cinematic um, and like a like a more of a film than necessarily like um, the kind of stand up comedy hours that people are used to. There's music. There's I, I mean dancing is a strong word for what I'm doing, but I certainly move <laughs> around the stage. I <laughs> I sort of gyrate a bit um, and it should I think hopefully be a kind of like very whole narrative driven hour that maybe plays with people's expectations about what a stand-up comedy show looks like and hopefully surprises people 
by by the end um where i i think i think there's a sort of building tension and desperation and franticness <laughs> over over the hour that by the end should culminate into something that hopefully leaves people going both wow that was great and also what happened <laughs> that was insane <laughs> um so yeah all of that yeah, stuff tick and tick <laughs> so it's still going to be filled with 21st century cynicism the self-objectification encouraged by social media the late capitalist co-option of the queer aesthetic i'm kidding can you imagine <laughs> just finally art to art is my podcast and we talk about the watch list the things that are on your to-do list of things to watch or listen to or read so what has leo you what have you got on your watch list at the moment oh my gosh so much i mean it's it's film season at the moment isn't it um so there's so much that I oh that I need to see on TV. I've been really meaning to watch the Curse, the Emma Stone oh, and Nathan yeah. Fielder show on I think yes. Paramount Paramount Plus. Yeah, something like that. oh you just reminded me. Thank you. I'll add that to the list. You are so welcome. I see this as a public service. Um, <laughs> I so that's that's what I've been really wanting to watch on TV. And then movie wise. God, I'm trying to think. I've watched so many great ones recently. May, December, I loved oh, yeah. All of Us Strangers. Oh, my God. All of Us Strangers made me lose my mind. Oh, my gosh. I saw that. It's, wow. Wow. Yes. That, I mean, huge recommend. I could I could do it. Should we do another eight minutes where I publicize All of Us Strangers, a film I'm not involved in? Can we do that? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. It's so hot and sad at the same time. And I'm like, that is, for me, that is perfect film yeah. if it's hot and sad i'm seated with popcorn totally and and tissues i'm gonna be crying um so i loved that and yes and i was crying amazing and, and actually it's not out yet in the uk it's out in the new year but i'm glad that you saw yeah, it i was yeah. so lucky i went to london film festival and it was just incredible oh my god the, the royal festival hall full to the brim of people just heave sobbing you almost couldn't hear the credits wow because everyone was crying so much well leo yeah, i'm trying to think what else is coming out well, but anyway you know yes, no those, those that was brilliant that was absolutely brilliant and i've got to, <laughs> i've got to let you go i don't really want to but oh, i've got to do it let's do this again can sometime we? can we <laughs> yes <laughs> thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure cheers leo oh thanks so much for having me thank you this is the first song i like ever wrote so it might be a bit pretentious or adolescent but it's just a song about my lived experiences being a 20 something and growing up in this increasingly scary time <sighs> tonight. and i like to start with some singing no we don't have time and if you like your comedy, then you won't want to miss this very different take from Leo Reich with his solo show debut, Literally Who Cares? Now showing on Sky Max and Now TV in the UK. But if you do have access to HBO shows, you can look it up with your local provider. Here at art to art we're all about the sharing. So if you're watching or reading, even listening to something fabulous, do get in touch. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. You can drop me a message at Amani Mo. The spelling for that is A-M-A-N-N-Y-M-O. Or you can drop me a line at art2artuk at gmail.com. That's art, the number two, artuk at gmail.com. 
It's time to get back to actor Samuel West, who's worked with Gary Oldman not once but twice, don't you know?、Mm. We head back to the 40s now for a UK TV series that started here in the 70s, and it was rebooted just a few years ago. I am, of course, talking about All Creatures Great and Small. The animals are the easy part, of course. It's the people who cause all the bother. Yes, Tricky, I quite agree. He's not like Uncle Harriet. I feel like when I'm watching you and James,、uh, the character James, played by Nicholas Ralph in this, it almost feels like he's filling in as a substitute younger brother for you because there's a lot of tension and fighting. It feels like a little brotherly. Love going yes, on. Yes, I think、there. I think Siegfried certainly needed that. And when Cal and I were cast, we worked out a way that we could be because I'm very old and he's very young,、uh, 19 <laughs> years apart. Which which sort of those chickens came home to roost in in series three. And it's really nice when you when you're playing something for a long time to make a timeline on the first series. And find out that it works and has story repercussions in series three and series four.、Mm. That that feels proper, but no, I think it, it's true that in the absence of Tristan James, who is sort of a surrogate son to me, becomes more of a surrogate brother, <laughs> because Siegfried, of course, didn't have children,、uh, decided not to. He had a terrible first war, and came home rather preferring animals to people and thinking, as many people do now, I, I can't. Bring children up in this world. I don't、mm. want to. And then they were given、uh, a young Tristan to look after, and they made a good fist of it.、Uh, and they said, "Okay, maybe we're wrong. Maybe we should try." And then it turned out my wife was too ill and, and died soon afterwards. So all of that backstory, which I knew was in place before we started filming the first series, turned out like a, you know, like any good showrunner has tricks up their sleeve. Ben Vanston brought that to fruition in three and four. And the relationship with James certainly has become, yeah, more fraternal, less paternal, and possibly less of less of an employee as he's grown and become more argumentative. I really like that. I want to say one big happy family, but not really. It's kind of it's a good sort of dichotomy of personalities, well, you know. Like when I, I broke my Achilles tendon on the last day of、uh, series two, and I had it done in Ripon,、uh, very close to where we were filming, and the nurse recognised me. She said, "Are you Siegfried?" I said, "Yes." She said, well, "I love your I love your program." It's happy and sad," she said. Oh. I said to her, "I said I'm not sure I've ever got a review I'm happier with. It's happy and sad, just like life." And so, yeah, we 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 are on the whole a happy family, trying to pull together. But particularly at Christmas, we got the Christmas episode, which has become a bit of a thing now.、Yeah. I mean, I've never done a show that's had a Christmas special before. Yeah, and this is like our call the midwife. You know, people sit yes, down, get ready. People stay in for it. It's delightful. I'm going to be watching it with my parents. My dad's a bit cross that he's not in it. I think. <laughs> Oh my goodness! We can't not talk about your amazing parents, Timothy West and Prunella Scales. I mean, amazing! And I, I love the fact now I've got this in my head. When I watch this episode, if you don't mind me saying, Samuel, I'll be thinking of you with the kittens, the cats, the yeah, kids, and, and my your dad <laughs> grumping next to me, and me looking more and more like him. I mean, if you know, if they did try and get him in, I, we'd have to play a scene in which we're related. And my dad in the series is dead. I mean, we look increasingly like each. Other. I, like, I can't be in the scene with him if we're not actually related because I'm basically him now. It's so funny. I completely agree. Can we not have like a ghost of Christmas? A ghost, a ghost Christmas dad. Yes, I'm sure he'd be up for that. 
He's available. <laughs> Check first. I mean, you're very, very busy. You've been in Slow Horses as well with Gary Oldman. Wow. Have you been enjoying doing something, you know, a little bit dark as well? I love Slow Horses and um, and I get to swear in it a lot, which is delightful. And I and I play an absolute terrible Tory MP who is slightly to the right of most Tory MPs, which is nowadays is saying something. Uh, but he's um, he's terrific fun to play, and like the, the devil gets all the best uh, all the best lines. And I worked with Gary on uh, on Darkest Hour. Oh yes, and it was just delightful to see him again. Um, partly because he's so good in it, and partly because he's really happy doing it. All right, make this quick. I've got underlings to bully. I'm busy. No one in Slough House is busy. Come on, get on with it. A team from MI5 has gone rogue. And Standish has been taken. What's the plan? I need a team of good agents. But I'll just have the slow horses. I think he may stomp after this. Really? I don't know whether that's something he said publicly. But he seems particularly happy. He doesn't want to stop. And there are lots of books. So although I don't have much to do in the current series, I'm, I've got more to do next year, I think. Fantastic. And, uh, yeah, All Creatures films in the spring and then um, Slow Horses goes in the autumn. And um, it's a very nice di- diptych, if, if you like, for, for, the, for the year. I'm very lucky. Two completely different Samuel Wests there uh, playing yeah. different characters. Now, on Art to Art, which is the name of my podcast, we talk about the watch list. Because, you know, as humans, we've got a, a to-do list as long as our arms probably every mm. single day. And mm-hmm. the watch list is the to-do list of arts and entertainment. And I just wondered, you're very, very busy, but there must be a few things that you're thinking, mm, I must watch, read, listen to a podcast or whatever it may be. So I wondered, Samuel, have you got a couple of watch list favourites or things that are on your to-do list of entertainment that you're desperate to get hold of and sit down and, and do? We've just finished the third series of Only Murders in the Building, um, which we adored and has a peculiarly theatrical background. And I think the next thing up after we finish Slow Horses is going to be Daisy Haggard's boat story. This is Janet. Hi, Janet. She lost her family, her job, and her frog. This is Samuel. Hi, Samuel. He also lost his job and his house. But then they found this. Are you telling me you can't use a few million quid? Where would we keep it? I'm an enormous fan of, of Daisy and indeed Patterson, who's who's in it. And um, I, I loved her. Uh, her last series, which was called Back to Life. It, it seems to me to, to be a, a brilliant mixture of comedy and, and tragedy and drama, and uh, not many people are doing that as well as she does. So I think we were discussing yesterday, that's probably going to be the next on our list. Book-wise, at the moment I'm recording Tolkien's letters. I've done oh. a lot of Tolkien for wow. uh, for audiobook, and um, they're absolutely massive. There's a 720-page book, which is taking about nine days. So my problem is that books so often feel like hard work, so I might go for something small and light, like <laughs> The Hobbit, to my child, when then this one's done. Or pick up a poetry book so you can just flip Some through. slim volume, yeah, something <laughs> short that I can throw across the room. <laughs> well, listen, Samuel, it's such a lovely and joyous conversation and lovely to have a, a heart-to-heart or an art-to-art with you about you all it. creatures, great and small. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Shins. Take care of my brother for me, won't you? Mm, what does it allow? I never thought we'd be here again. All walls end eventually. In the meantime, I must appreciate what we have. 
That's a clip from the latest fourth series of All Creatures Great and Small. But the box set of the series one to four is available on DVD now. Well, that's it for another episode of Art to Art with Amani Mo. That's me. Please keep liking and sharing the content if you're enjoying it. Now, as is traditional with Art to Art, we do end on a high note, quite literally. So, my amazingly talented musician nephew Luca Mo is going to provide the music. We're calling this segment Neff Jam. And though this may be goodbye, this piece is called Hello. Loving this Neff Jam. It's giving me aha vibes. Thank you very much to Luca Mo. You can find him at Luca Mo Music if you wish to do so. I want to thank all of my rather fabulous guests British acting royalty, Samuel West, comedian Leo Reich, author Josie Lloyd, and for the art to art titles and incidental music, thank you, Luca Mo. And a big thank you goes to you for having an art to art with me. We'll catch up again soon. See ya. You're listening to Art to Art with Amani Mo. This is your weekly podcast that brings you interviews, reviews, arts, and entertainment news, all wrapped up in one place.